Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. G'day everybody, Aaron Noonan here. Welcome again to another episode of Repco Supercars Weekly. Of course, the Repco Supercars Championship currently on pause. The intention is to return to racing on the first weekend of October at Winton Motor Raceway in northeastern Victoria. Joining me for this episode, though, is V8 Sleuth Head of Content for Publications, Stefan Bartholomew. And Steph, there's no racing, but there's always some news going down. And we'll start with the news that's uh, gone down today. Red Bull are going to stay in supercars with Triple Eight. Yeah, they've announced a two-year extension of that deal that stretches back to 2013 when they took over from Vodafone as the naming rights partner there. Obviously, co-naming rights was with Holden for the last couple of years and now with uh, Ampol from from this year. So uh, great to see that brand sticking around. It's obviously good for the team financially, but it's good, good for the sport as well to see such a well-known premium brand uh, on those cars. And I always think this this stuff's good when you have the same sponsors rolling over from a, a team recognition point of view in in fringe fan land because we don't see uh, your football teams changing the colour of their jumpers every uh, every couple of years. So uh, the more consistency we have with that, I think the better. I'm sure for a dollar, some of them would do it though. Definitely would do it. Why do you think there's a clash strip? That's what it's all about. <laughs> all about Bucks and being able to change their liveries for a couple of weekends a year and sell some more jumpers. But I did... I must admit, when the announcement hit our uh, email boxes under embargo last night, uh, when I saw a Triple Eight announcement, I thought, "Are they announcing a replacement for Jamie Winkup?" And it wasn't. It was a re-signing, but it's a good re-signing, as you say. Red Bull have been around the championship for a long time. Twenty thirteen as naming rights partners for that team. Uh, previously, of course, they had a personal deal with Rick Kelly. You might remember he ran a, a Red Bull helmet for, for quite some time and tried to find a way to get them uh, to be on board with him from a, a car sponsorship point of view. So it's great to see that Red Bull are going to stick around. The question now is who is going to drive the second car at that team uh, next year to replace Jamie Winkup? Big question, no answer. Of course, we'll bring it to you when uh, they tell the world as to what's going on. One thing we can tell you, though, is in regards to Triple Eight and uh they're going to have their 20th anniversary in 2023, and with the, the delay of Gen 3's introduction, we've decided to move our Triple Eight car history book back because the whole purpose of this was to put the full stop on the chapters of the Falcons and the Commodores, but of course the Commodores, Steph, are going to continue into next year, potentially, wait and see, uh, right through the end of next year if Gen 3 is further delayed into 2023. So I think it's a good call that we just put this book on ice for just a moment. We're still going to do it. We've still got agreement with Triple Eight, but we really want to get that full stop at the end of the chapter and then a little bit of taste of Camaro before we release this book. The worst thing we could do is probably fire it out the door, start of next year, and then kind of need to go back and finish it off kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, I can say from experience that the energy that goes into these books, uh, doing the Perkins car history book at the moment is uh, – Pretty large, so uh, I'm not uh, complaining. Uh, 
it's not about you. It's not about <laughs> you. Uh, it, by the way, our Perkins Engineering car, but we're getting more and more fans asking the question. Uh, it's due to go to the printer end of this month. It's being printed in Australia, so therefore it will be available late September is the plan. If not late September, very early October as we get the pre-orders out the door. Just 2,500 copies are being made. They're all numbered, signed by Larry Perkins. Don't miss out. Pre-order. You've been warned. These books do sell out. If you miss out, you're going to have to go and spend a bit more money when someone puts one onto the second-hand market. Uh, Steph, Repco Bathurst 1000 in November, November 4 to 7. Team Sydney have uh, put another puzzle piece in place with announcing their co-drivers for the big one. And uh, it's a familiar face, funnily enough, in car 19. Jonathan Webb will be alongside Fabian Coulthard. But they've opted for a young gun to drive alongside Gary Jacobson. Yeah, Dylan O'Keefe uh, joining Team Sydney there alongside Gary, having uh, driven at Kelly Racing with Andre Heimgartner last year. Uh, El Bamba's going to that Heimgartner car, and we've seen O'Keefe now land at Team Sydney. So he's uh, a regular in uh, TCR Australia when they when they do manage to race, those TCR boys. So um, good to see him get another chance in a V8. So pretty much just leaves now Matt Stone Racing's couple of seats alongside Jake Kostecki and Zane Goddard to be Officially confirmed, the chat is that Kurt Kostecki will drive with Jake and that uh, a few names from Super 2 have been linked to that second seat alongside Zane Goddard. Even uh, Stephen Richards' name was linked uh, over the journey uh, to that deal. That would have been amazing to get Richo back into the field for the 1,000. I guess Murph's back, Ingle's back. It would have been great to have Steve on the grid, but it sounds like a, a Super 2 pilot, maybe Tyler Everingham, Jaden O'Jade has been linked to a co-drive in the, the main game. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of young guys around that are more than capable of, of stepping into that, that role. There are, and it would be good to see a young bloke in there. It certainly has a retro round feel with uh, some of the some of the old names coming back this year. But uh, as always, the co-driving uh, list is, is a mix of youth and experience. And uh, I guess the other big uh, question mark at the moment is what's happening with Scotty McLaughlin, whether he's going to come back from the States, which we're uh, hoping he will to co-drive one of those DJR cars. Yeah, the date change does help, but the question is, uh, does he have testing commitments for Team Penske with his IndyCar program as they prep for next year's championship. We will wait and see, but nevertheless, they've got a pretty good backup in Alex Davison, highly experienced uh, at Bathurst, and of course, no uh, no stranger to driving with Will. Uh, they do know one another, funnily enough, very, very well. Hey, another thing too that's been bubbling around the place, Steph, that I wanted to talk about on the pod today, the sale of supercars. There's lots of stories going around in the specialist motorsport press online about uh, who's the favourite in the race, who's in the race, who's out of the race. Uh, That's not really our kind of go, but I thought that we could have a quick chat about some of the um, parties that are mentioned as buyers because I could make a case as to why it would be great for all of these people, uh, not all together, but all of them individually, to end up buying that slice of the supercars business. So uh, pretty much the way it all seems to be playing out, it's a Mark Scaife-led TLA Worldwide bid. There's the Australian Racing Group tied through the Boyds and Barry and Gary Rogers and the like. And then there's that consortium that's been mentioned many times, Peter Adderton, Alan Gow, Paul Morris, Pete Smith, Mick Doohan. Um, a story emerging today that the Brisbane Broncos potentially could be connected into all of that. Uh Let's make the positives. I'm all about positives. I mean, we live in a world that is far too negative far too often. Let's say Mark Scaife and TLA uh, get involved and, and buy that share of supercars. What are the positives that, that they bring to things and what can you see coming out of that one if they were to get in? Yeah, well, a global sports marketing company like like TLA 
um, has obviously got a fair bit of uh, horsepower in in an area that uh, supercars could could benefit from. Um, and naturally, with Mark Scaife being uh, a key part of that, he doesn't lack a knowledge of of the game and, and contacts there either. So um, I guess that that's their main play. Uh, those two uh, two strings to their bow. I think it would be a positive for them in the sense, not just of what you said in terms of their um, the businesses and the elements that they specialise in, but they reach worldwide. If you do some research and understand who owns TLA in the United States and the major funding, uh, there's motorsport DNA right throughout it all. So um, clearly, there's plenty of experience on the table there. Uh, I, I like. From the ARG point of view, the perspective I can see being positive if they were to be involved, it brings down the fences, doesn't it, with the whole TCR stuff, S5000, the ARG program of races. makes things a lot easier when you've got the same body involved to be able to have categories race at different events. And, yes, there might be some sponsorship clashes, but it just brings the walls down in some of those divisions. That's the big positive I can see there. Yeah, you would think it would lift um, some of those ARG categories like like TCR, um, having access to the to the big events that Supercars runs in particular would be uh, great for them, and uh, and the TV side of it with Supercars prowess there. So it would be really interesting to see how they would end up slicing that pie. What categories would run where? Whether there'd still be separate ARG events or, or how that would all play out. But um, you can certainly see that uh, sort of a rising tide would lift all boats in that sort of scenario. Oh, nice. I like it. Great line. Great line. And I feel that the consortium, as we're calling it, almost sounds like an organised, uh, um, a shady organisation of, of, of figures that we don't know who they are. But uh, I, if they were to get involved here, Peter Adderton will be making headlines. That's the positive here. He will get stuff in the press because he will say things and do things that will get plenty of attention. That's the positive that I can see out of it. There'll be fodder for everyone. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess one of the key things with this uh, this consortium bid is that uh, it's understood that they want to take over the whole thing, whereas the other two would leave the 35-odd percent that the teams currently have in the team's hands. So um, that's a pretty fundamental difference between that bid and the others. To not have the teams with any skin in the game, in that sense, it would probably give that consortium more scope to make make definitive, clear changes and really lead aggressively as long as they could uh, agree on things between themselves, of course. But um, having Alan Gow as part of that mix is probably a pretty key there. We wouldn't know exactly how that would work because he does uh, run the PTCC over there in the UK. But, um, yeah, there's no shortage of uh, motorsport experience in that whole set. I guess the uh, other element that should be pointed out that while Alan Gow ran the British Touring Car Championship in the 90s in that amazing super touring era, he was a stakeholder in Toka Australia that ran the BOC Gases Series here and in the short-lived North American Series. So he's got history of being involved in other series, even if he's not physically uh, in the country at the time. He's um, he's certainly got some, some history of that stuff in the past. So let's wait and watch and see about the supercar sale process. We'd probably expect that this will... Uh, be done and dusted in the next month or two uh, heading up to Bathurst. So interesting stuff. Hey, speaking of Bathurst too, got some great news. We've got a lot of listeners in New Zealand who listen to the pod uh, to Repco Supercars Weekly. Just announced today, Auckland's Mount Smart Stadium is going to host uh, the biggest offside event ever organised for the Repco Bathurst 1000. It's going to be a festival-style one-day Bathurst boot party on November the 7th 
Uh, Repco is going to be the naming rights partner, our partner with the podcast. Uh, it's going to be at Mount Smart Stadium, as I mentioned, to coincide with a great race. So you can watch uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, Murph back in action, hopefully Scotty McLaughlin on the 212 square metre crystal clear LED screen at Mount Smart Stadium. So a chance, obviously, the ITM Super Sprint at Pukekohe has been uh, postponed because of the, the COVID scenario and the travelling restrictions and the Trans-Tasman travel bubbles paused at the moment. So putting the great race on the screen in Auckland gives Kiwi fans, I guess, a chance to come together. Uh, there's a bunch of tickets on offer. You can watch the race from beanbags, picnic blankets on the main field uh, for an early bird price, or you can get to a, a VP... Uh, I'll spit it again. You can get to VIP access in a corporate suite. Uh, entry to the grandstand and main field's free for kids under 14 if you're with a paying adult. So if you're keen about this, uh, tickets go on sale today from 2pm New Zealand time, Tuesday, August 10, and are available from Ticketek. So there'll be all sorts of stuff there with live entertainment, motorsport demos, some special guests, classic car displays, including, I'm told, some memorable supercars on display, which would, if you can't be at the great race, uh, this is a cool way to get together and enjoy it. So for Kiwi fans, Auckland's Mount Smart Stadium, uh, November 7. Be there, as the great man Mike Raymond would have said. Uh, Steph, season so far, we've sort of got a pause here with seven rounds down. Um, Fingers crossed we get the next uh, bunch of them in in the back half of the year to really flow us through to decide a champion. Winners and losers, there's been plenty this year on both angles. Who's been your winner of the 2021 season so far? Well, it would be uh, it would be remiss not to lead that uh, conversation with Shane Van Gisbergen, but also very boring to select him as the winner so far because he's got uh, plenty of trophies that tell us all that he's been the big winner so far. Uh, when you look a little further down around the, the top part of the field, um, it, it, there hasn't been that many surprises really when you look at uh, how it's shaken out. But I certainly think um, Will Davison has done a done a great job there at, at DJR. We all sort of know the story that, that he's had in the last uh, year or so being bumped out of that ride at 23 Red when uh, the world uh, went a bit silly there with COVID. And for him at 38 years old to get this chance with, with DJR, but also stepping in and the, the pressure of going into that team as uh, Scotty Mack left at the end of last year was pretty high for them to still be there or thereabouts. And Will hasn't quite had the outright speed of Anton Cephasquale, his teammate, as you kind of expect. But um, he's probably done a better job of putting the year together. And to have a bunch of podiums, a couple of poles and sit 15 points, I reckon he's uh, done a pretty good job. Yeah, that experience does pay over the course of a, a full season. I've got to tell you, my winner of the year is a team that hasn't won a race, Erebus Motorsport. Because if you'd said that they'd have a podium within the first couple of rounds... If you said that their drivers would be basically swapping spots for 10th in the position in the championship point score and be just in or just outside the top 10, I think a lot of people would have said, no way that's going to happen. Will Brown and Brody Kostecki will be 15th at best. They'll be in drama every weekend or they'll be down the pack getting their ears boxed. Hasn't been the case. So I really think Erebus have come out winners here where everyone thought, and I've got to admit, I even thought that they wouldn't be in that position. But Reynolds out the door, Heim... Um, uh, Reynolds out the door, Di Pasquale out the door, uh, engineering Naus out the door with Al McVeigh and Mirko De Rossa. Um, whole change with different faces in there behind the scenes in a lot of areas. A- and they've got two rookies who 
well, they'll be a bit cheaper than the drivers that they probably had previously, so that's a win as well. I think they've done a stunning job, and for everything that's been said and done about Barry Ryan and Erebus, uh, they're in a really good position now to build on that for the next few years. So I think they've been big winners this year in terms of the, the long picture rather than the, the trophy cabinet type picture because it's setting them up for a great part. Uh, unfortunately, life has winners and life has to have losers. Who's been your your, your loser of the year? And I, f- I feel like that's a harsh word. It's probably a bit more, who's the one that hasn't really set the world on fire to the to the extent that you thought may have otherwise been the case? The uh, the Room to Improve Award, if you will. Yeah. Um, you'd, you'd probably, oh, you'd have to say Team Sydney. I mean, it's just blatantly not working for them right now. They've sort of been going between bases in Sydney and the Gold Coast with obviously the COVID situation and uh, even aside from that, they really just can't get, get staff in, in Sydney. This was uh, something that Supercars helped launch this whole Team Sydney thing, which was Techno Autosports at the end of 2019 and it was uh, pumped up to be this all singing, all dancing future sport and yeah, it's just it's just not happening. The investment doesn't appear to be going into the cars to make them go like they should be going, and they're locking out the back row of the grid for some races, and they're sitting down in twenty second and twenty third in the in the driver's standing. So it's a shame for everybody involved with that, including Fabian Coulthard, who sort of had a bit of a point to prove after being bundled out of DJR at the end of last year, and it's just just not going uh, how we want at all. So um, yeah, you'd think something has to change there. And speaking of people who are not having it going the way that they would want, I've, you've kind of got to put a, a torch on Bryce Forward because he had such a great run last year. With We saw signs. We never expected him to beat Chaz Mostert straight up because, of course, Chaz is a, you know, he's in the top two or three in the, the Drivers' Championship in terms of skill set and ability and what he's put on the board before. But it's sort of fallen apart a bit for, for Bryce this year, unfortunately, and uh, he's really got to find something in this back end of the year. Are there some sharks maybe circling to, to grab his drive at Walkinshaws for, for next year? A few rumours around regarding that, but there's always rumours around uh, regarding anything relating to driver markets and the like moving forward. But uh, he's a guy that I thought might have kicked on this year, and it, and it hasn't happened. Comparatively, Chaz Mostert's still in the fight in terms of the, the top three, four, five of the championship, so it's not like he's slipped and Bryce has slipped. Chaz has maintained a presence up towards the, the top end, and Bryce hasn't been able to hang where... He was able to, to launch in last year. Yeah, and to see Kurt Kosecki come in as a wild card, I think particularly in Darwin and uh, and Edge Bryce in a few sessions, um, yeah, that's that's not what you want to have happen. That's, that's damning to how your season's going. So we hope Bryce can turn it around because we've seen he's got the potential to go better than he's going. Yeah, and no, I totally agree. He's a ripper and I reckon he's more than capable of getting up there and uh, and running top 10 quite regularly. I know the Walkinshaw and Dreddy United guys and girls Really love him. He's really made a, a great home there, and hopefully he can do good things in the back end of the year. Hey, Steph, the other thing, too, that we've noted with keen interest, because we love a bit of history, uh, supercars have been adding more old races to their YouTube channel in recent times, and they've gone beyond the main game. They're now into the Super 2 archive, or the development series, as we would describe it from many moons ago. Back in my day, it was the Konica V8 Lite series. Uh well, we haven't gone that far back on the videos just yet, but uh, some great races from 2009. I think there's some 2010, 2011, 2012 stuff. It prompted me to think, I know you've had a quick look at some of these, and I've, I've had a look at some of them to remind my brain as well. What's your standout Super 2 race that's a must-watch if you're uh, trawling over and thinking, well, 
Tally's a bit junk tonight. There's nothing much to watch. I'll wheel out an old race on YouTube, on the Supercars YouTube channel. Uh, by the way, we're not getting paid for this. We just love the sport and we love talking about old races. What's the go-to one you're going to go to to bring back some Super 2 memories? It is great to see what they've been doing, putting those Super 2 races up. And I think my um, answer to this might be a bit predictable given that when we rolled out the news story about them doing this, I happened to use a photo from Bathurst in 2012, which was maybe no coincidence. That uh, 2012 season is often referred to as the uh, the absolute high point of Super 2 so far when we had Scotty McLaughlin, Chaz Mostert, Nick Perkett and Scott Pyle battling it out. And uh, so my race nomination is that race two at Bathurst from that year. Scotty Mack wasn't really a factor. He'd had a drummer in race one, but um, Perkett, Mostert and, and Pye, and particularly uh, Perkett and Mostert, ended up uh, having an absolute ding-dong there for the win. And uh, Chaz actually touched the wall at the top of the mountain late in the race, which um, sort of halted his progress a little bit. And uh, Perkett wins it. And then there was uh, what you don't see actually on the video is the very tense press conference after after the race with uh, those two blokes and Chaz saying he made a rookie mistake and and uh, Nick firing back, you're no rookie, blah, blah, blah. So it was, uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, there was a bit of niggle there, wasn't there, between those two. That press conference was a corker too. Uh, Perkett getting home by the narrowest of margins to take a clean sweep of that round. Uh, a certain uh, enthusiastic television commentator Got a bit excited when Mostert launched it to the inside on the running of the chase. Uh, two lesser drivers probably would have crashed and burned and ended up off the road at that stage, but they brought it home for a pretty thrilling finish. Uh, I've got to pick a heartstring moment, Super 2 uh, race. 2011, Adelaide, Jason Richards driving a one-off for Greg Murphy Racing. Uh, you know, in, in the aftermath of him being um, diagnosed with cancer, he was ill. Uh, this was his treatment, was going racing. And while all the other young guns stuffed up, hit one another, made various meals of the race, uh, old JR just uh, (laughs) skated his way through them all, picked them off one by one, picked up a few that uh, uh, took themselves out and ended up recording a a pretty special race win that we we have in the tape vault now for a very long time. So for me, that's a personal favourite, obviously, being a a commentator on that series back in that period, it um, it does stand out because I can remember exactly where I was, how it all was done, and I think I've talked about it on the pod before that we actually recorded the end of that race about three or four times to try to get it right because you just never knew at that stage with the situation he was in which one was going to be JR's final race. So we wanted to make sure that it was if it was going to be that one, uh, we nailed it, and I think we did. Um, it took a few goes, but anyway, we, we got there. Hey, don't forget to visit our website, bookshop.vhsleuth.com.au. Browse our book range, click on a cover, and you'll see a bundle deal on the item page. So you can take advantage, save some bucks now in the lead-up to Father's Day. There's plenty of good books to keep you entertained for hours, whether you're in uh, lockdown in various parts of Australia or you, you're uh, looking for Father's Day presents or Christmas presents, getting in nice and early head to the website, bookshop.vhsleuth.com.au. The bundle deals will save you bucks and put more books on your bookshelf. We're just good blokes, Stefan. It's just it's just how it rolls. Uh, by the way, too, visit The Garage. It's your online digital destination for all things automotive and motorsport, exclusive content, competitions, much, much more. Head to repco.com.au forward slash The Garage or, of course, .co.nz for our Kiwi mates. Next ep of the V8 Sleuth podcast, powered by Repco, drops tomorrow. It's a special pod. It's another of our From the Archives episodes, a chat with the Fox, the late, great Harry Firth, 
The audio is courtesy of the National Library of Australia, the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Repco. Tomorrow, 12pm, we drop those episodes. The Repco Supercars weekly podcast returns every Tuesday. And don't forget, review our pod wherever you listen to your pod. Subscribe so you don't miss out on an episode. Steph, thanks for your time dialing in. Uh, appreciate having a chat. Get back to writing on that Perkins book. It's nearly finished, everybody. Stefan and Will Dale and the whole team. Jack Perkins has been doing a super job. Make sure you pre-order and you don't miss out. Stefano, great job. We'll chat to you soon. Thank you. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds, you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out.